You have a lot to focus on every day. Let Virginia Premier focus on your health coverage. Our health plan is only focused on Virginia, so we can connect you with quality health care and local resources. Our added benefits give you more value on top of your medical and drug coverage from Virginia Medicaid. See our benefits at virginiapremier.com slash Medicaid and have your whole family with the same health plan. Virginia Premier, focused on Virginia, focused on you. Did you know that improper disposal of batteries can spark fires? The disposal of rechargeable batteries in household trash has caused a number of fires on garbage trucks and at trash and recycling centers. These fires cost millions of dollars in physical damage each year and put lives in danger. Batteries do not belong in regular trash or recycling. Learn the proper way to dispose of batteries at GoRecycle.org. Brought to you by the City of Alexandria, Arlington County, and Prince William County. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Jackson McCurry, and joining me again in the studio today is Jack Duffin of the Paul Brown International Browns Podcast. Jack, how's everything going, buddy? It's going really well. So, uh, no, it's, it's all shaping up for me that sort of two weeks into March is the most exciting time of the year. Um, it's more fun than the draft. It's more fun than Super Bowl night. It's, uh, it's just anarchy. The phone just goes absolutely mental for two, three days, and it, it's genuinely exciting. No doubt about it. And like today, there's been a, like the last couple of days, like more moves are starting to happen. You see teams are starting to uh, maneuver like how they're going to construct their roster. You're seeing releases, you're seeing contract restructures. I mean, everything, it, business is starting to pick up in the NFL. And we're what, inside two weeks before free agency starts. I mean, it, it's starting to get back to like football's back time to start talking about it more and more and just moves are starting to be made. And like, was it yesterday? The Steelers got Ben Roethlisberger's contract done. We can actually touch on that if you'd like to. Um, he, he took a big pay cut. I mean, that was probably the biggest thing he went down. I think he's only making 14 million this year. They restructured the deal to where they can now strategically, um, you, you know, restructure other guys deals and still you know create a window to where they can add talent and ben and and, and his contract's so fascinating because it's a one-year deal it automatically voids but then they're taking like two and a half to three million uh dead cap hit for like each of the four the four following seasons so it's a, it's a fascinating deal reminds me of the nick Foles deal when he was with the eagles a couple years back but uh the steelers got it done and now they have a chance to add talent, surround talent with him, which could be the the swan song for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so they're always going to um, move money into future years. And the way it's structured, it's got those four fake void years on the back. Um, so what will happen, say he retires after this season, which I, th I think you generally expect, is all four of them void years will land onto the 2022 salary cap. So it's just over $10 million that will land there. Um, but the one fascinating thing, because there was always the expectation that that 41.5 million, I think it was, it might have been 41.25, was always going to be pushed back. And um, that there was 22.5 million that they couldn't move, but all the rest, they'd turn it into a signing bonus, push it as far back as it'll go. And that's the, it just made sense. There's no point with a reduced salary cap taking it this year when you can push it into next year. He retires, you've probably got, say, a, a rookie QB on the roster. The one interesting thing was the fact that he took a pay cut of about $4 million, um, which was the real surprise. Um, so they must have sort of driven a hard bargain with him and said, look, hey, if you're not willing to do this, we'll probably just cut you and take the $22.5 million on the nose and we'll walk away. Um because otherwise, yeah, there'd be no real interest to sort of force him to take a pay cut. So, uh, no, it's really, really interesting to note. And, yeah, it's his final year. Um, obviously, he had one hell of a career. Um, but it's going to be interesting because, in a way, we actually want them to play semi-decent. We don't want Ben Roethlisberger to have a nightmare this year because if he has a nightmare, they might be picking top six, top eight, and they've got access to potentially a quarterback that then sets them up for the next 10, 20 years. So um, we're actually hoping that Big Ben can get a good sort of 
seven to nine wins. So not threatening the playoffs, but not near the top of the draft. So uh, good luck to Ben. Um, just just do enough. That's all I ask. Absolutely. I mean, just be good, except, you know, the two, maybe three matchups that uh, the Browns and Steelers will have. And when we play them, then Miles Garrett and whoever's uh, joining him on the defensive front gets after him and uh, rattles him up. But uh, uh, speaking of whoever's joining Miles Garrett, uh, one player is technically guaranteed to come back. The Browns did make some roster moves today uh, before we recorded. They tendered. Uh, Porter Gustin, one of the edge rushers, as well as uh, tight end Steven Carlson. They were both exclusive rights-free agents, so the Browns pretty much slapped the veteran minimum, or the league minimum on them for another year. They can sign it. They can hold out. It's up to them. But uh, exclusive rights-free agents, for those that don't know, they are guys that contracts expired, but they have less than three accrued NFL seasons, so the Browns can their exclusive rights free agents. They can only negotiate with the Browns and they can pretty much get whatever the Browns give them, which is the uh, veteran, the league minimum, not the veteran minimum. But, uh, you know, Carlson and Gustin were two guys when we did the roster deep dive, we expected them to be with the team, at least through training camp. Um, you know, Gustin had more of a role last year on the team than Carlson did. So I would say Gustin is safer at the moment, but both guys are guaranteed to be here at least you know, through training camp. Um, Jack, do you have any thoughts on them tendering those two players? Yeah, so there's no guarantees on these guys. They they can walk away from them at any time. Um, but they're, they're just at least bodies that are back for camp. Um, what regularly happens is some teams, they'll just tender all of their exclusive rights-free agents. Um, and then after the draft, when they're signing their guys to get all the way up to 90 men, and they're bringing in UDFAs that they're actually more excited about than these guys, they'll just then cut them. Um, but they've obviously seen enough. Um, you, just the fact that they've announced two in one go, it probably means Georgia Bina and Brian Allen aren't coming back. Um, so they'll now become um, UDFAs and then be able to sign with anyone. But no, I, I would expect Gustin to make the roster. Uh, Carlson, he's a fantastic special teamer, and I think they're happy with him as tight end four. But at the same time, if they see someone, say, on day three of the draft, um, then they could easily go that route. And he's just bounced off the bottom because, yeah, you need a long-term answer. But we're going to go into more of that later. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and, you know, going to Port Augustine, like, I still have hope for him. Like, he didn't, he didn't wow anybody. He didn't have any sacks. He only had a couple QB hits, but... Like you can see the potential in him, and obviously the Browns like him because they gave, and especially the def- defensive staff, they gave him more of a role. I think last year, and he stepped up. He did pressure uh, quarterbacks when he got his chance. Yeah, he was. He didn't wow people the way he did when he came in at the end of 2019. When he he did make some flashes, but I think learning behind Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon and even Adrian Claiborne, like I think Gustin knows like. And he, I think he knows that there's the potentials there. And I think the Browns believe that the potentials there, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him in year three um, and what they bring in to the edge rusher room, because we know Olivier Vernon likely won't be back. Adrian Claiborne's future is up in the air still, even though we're two weeks out, he could be cut, but you know, there's miles Garrett and there's Porter Gustin. And now you just have to see what they're going to fill in, in between those guys. Yeah, he, he was comfortably better than Adrian Claiborne. And if you're thinking, hey, Miles is here, um, they're going to bring in a um, free agent, they're going to bring in someone in the draft. Well, that's three dudes. And then you're looking at, hey, do you want Claiborne on three million? Um, well, they've got three million option on him. Or they bring in Port Augustine at, like, I don't know the final figure, say 750000 roughly. I'm taking Port Augustine all day long. It's not a hard choice there between them two. Um, And then, yeah, you've obviously got the wild card of Weaver. They might pick someone up else on day three. Um, There's loads of different things that could happen because, yeah, there's lots of hype around Weaver, quite rightly, but at the same time, he's never played an NFL snap. Um, So it it might be a complete disaster. Um, But... Yeah, if, if you're looking between sort of Claiborne and Gustin, yeah, Claiborne played 
534 snaps to Paul Augustine's 390. But Paul Augustine's just better. Um, he's obviously much younger. Um, there's hope for him, whereas Adrian Claiborne is obviously fixed more to one side because of the injury in the past. But he flashed loads in those first two games. And then other than that, there was only two more games that he really played well. Um, whereas Gustin showed a lot more promise across the whole season. So for me, yeah, bring me back Port Gustin. Probably not going to be here long term, just purely because unless they can give him a little bit of money and he, they're happy with him being like potentially like edge three on sort of two, three million, um, there's not really a route there that you go, hey, we're going to have Miles and we're going to have a, a guy on a rookie deal just because Miles' contract's so big. Do you have an Aquara? Do you have a Port Augustine? That's sort of a debate you get into at a later time. But yeah, he, he obviously he's a bit boom bust, but no, overall happy with how he played and looking forward to what he can do next season. Yeah, I'm with you. I would take the potential with Gustin over... Adrian Claiborne, who's on the back end of his career, he's not like he did flash a couple games, but you go with the younger guy, you go with the guy that's got more upside. And that would be Porter Gustin at this point. Uh, the other move that the Browns well made slash didn't make, and I know this is breaking your heart, Jack. Uh, they did not tender an offer to special teams. Ace Tavier Thomas It's first reported by, I think it was Tom Pelissero from NFL network, but uh, you know, Tavier Thomas was, a stud on teams. He even started a couple games at corner because of injury, but the Browns, if they would have tendered him, he would have become a restricted free agent. But I think because of the salary cap, because there's moves that have to be made and, you know, uh, potentially the Browns see better players out there at the cornerback and the quarterback position. And, you know, as much as Tavier was a stud at special teams, he had his moments as a cornerback when he had to get thrust into that role, but uh, they're letting him hit the open market. I think there's a shot he could come back. I know we talked about it before the show, Jack. You said maybe like a one-year deal with a million, guarantee him a little bit of that. But they're uh, they're essentially letting Thomas go and see what he can get. Um, I think other teams will view him as, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth corner on their roster, just like the Browns do. And I think they've seen the what he can do on special teams for sure. But uh I feel like the Browns might think there's something better, but I think they're also open to letting Thomas go out and see what he can get. And if not, they'll bring him back and stash him on the roster. Uh, it's, it's just time to get rid of Andrew Berry. Can't be doing <laughs> stuff like this to me, Andrew. It's uh, it, it, it cuts deep. Um, no, to, to be fair, when you're looking, hey, if you're carrying, say, 11 DBs, you don't mind 10 and 11 being special teamers, really giving you that upside. Um, we said sort of pretty much from day one of the off season, if we're looking at these restricted free agents, are you paying them sort of over 2 million each? The answer is probably no. Um, yeah, Hodge, you could probably look at maybe is worth that, but the rest of them, and you've seen other teams, you've got Hilliard, um, with the Texans who's agreed a deal at sort of one and a half million. I think that works out at might've been 1.35, um, where, they're not actually wanting to give the tender level, but they're willing to find some level under that, which uh, works for both sides. So it wouldn't surprise me if they've said to Thomas, hey, we're not going to activate you. We're going to allow you to test free agency. They might have already put an offer in front of him and gone, look, we'll give you 1.1 million. And there'll be 100,000 of that guaranteed. So even if we get rid of you after camp, you've got 100,000. Um that could easily be something they've done. Um, but we'll find out also from the other angle, if they go, hey, we're going to carry 11 DBs. We want all of them to be able to play because of the injuries and stuff they suffered last time. And you've got Delpit that has not played a snap and you don't know. You've got Greedy Williams obviously coming off an injury. You really don't know where he's at. You've almost, those question marks means you've got to have the bottom of the roster able to step up. And however much I love Thomas and his special teams play is phenomenal. He was always one of the first players to the ball every time um, it went downfield. If if you're there going, hey, we want to carry these guys and we, we need some more depth because if Thomas is on the field, it's not good. Um, and yeah, I, I can understand where they're coming from. So it's a shame, um, 
But when you've got people like Carlson, you've got some other dudes, as long as you've got enough special teamers, don't really matter. Without a doubt. Um, we just got actually a little breaking news. Uh, Von Miller will not be charged now. I know there was a criminal investigation going against him, and he has been tied to the Browns. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos do with him now. I know he has an option, but uh, he's been a, a, a darling of Browns Twitter as a potential uh, target to get opposite Miles Garrett. Uh, Jack, what's your thoughts on Von Miller? Would he be somebody you'd be open to the Browns getting? Uh, if Obviously, if the price is right. Um, he does have an option, so the, he could become a free agent. If he were to become a free agent, would you be open to bringing him to Cleveland? Yeah, it'd have to be a free agent. And to be fair, I've got no issue with him. I th- I think you could probably view him in a similar breadth of like your Melvin Ingram. Um, obviously, Von Miller's a bigger name, but it's the sort of player, even like your JJ White in a way, where you can go, look, let's bring him in to your deal. And almost what you're losing um, I'd have no issue not giving him as much money as JJ because I don't think you want to go that high. But if, yeah, I, th- I think you could certainly look in that sort of 10 to 12 range and go, look, we'll give you two years and make a guarantee. I don't know what his market's going to be like, and that's sort of the big unknown. But there's certainly a route where you look at a player like Paul Miller and you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll have that guy on my team. Um, because why not? He's a talented dude. Um, so no, I, I could certainly see it. It's, it's the sort of bridge. Ideally, Vernon would have been healthy. They signed Vernon up two years, say 15 million, and we're never having this discussion. We wouldn't have even been in the JJ Watt sweepstakes. Um, this whole thing would have passed by, and we're like, no, we've got our dude, and it's awesome to have him locked in. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, any option on the table, I think they'll be happy to look at. Definitely. And, you know, the thing is, like, I feel like anybody that was in on J.J. Watt would be in on Von Miller. The thing is, he had an injury last year, did not play at all in 2020. So you would think his price will come down a little bit because of that and the fact that he's about to hit 32 years old. But, I mean, you look at what J.J. Watt just got a two-year deal, $23 million guaranteed. I mean, I think Von Miller can definitely get that. Like, his his numbers, the way he's been dominant on defense coming out the same year as JJ Watt, like their stats are right on par with each other. So I feel like that would be, that would be the starting point two years, 23 million guaranteed. But I definitely think that if the Browns were interested in JJ Watt and you know, there's the mixed reports of they offered more than the Cardinals. They didn't offer more than the Cardinals. It's going to come down to money, even though anybody will say, well, I want to win. It'll come down to money. The Browns have money right now. They can create money. Uh, I definitely think if Von Miller becomes available, the Browns will be players in that market, to say the least. Um, just just on the oh, go ahead. JJ Watt more money, um, and no real details actually came out on this, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's just journalists almost trying to pull a fast one that the Browns offered some three-year deal and claim it's more money because it's a three-year deal rather than a two-year deal because it's one where, yeah, if the Browns offered, say, 40 million over three and then um the arizona deal was 32 million over two and that they go oh the browns offer more money browns offer more money and it's like you yeah, not really <laughs> it's why especially with these older players you look at that guaranteed money um and sort of the knock-on guarantees as well because if it's structured in such a way that you pretty much have to keep them for two years then you're effectively guaranteeing it all whereas you can have someone else where it's a one-year deal and there's just option years on the bank. Yeah, I think the the original report that said that the Browns and the Colts both offered more money than the Cardinals came from a reporter in Phoenix. So that kind of told you like, yeah, this is a little suspicious right off the bat because now they're trying to pull a fast one like J.J. Watt took less money to come play with in Arizona, which isn't really a Super Bowl contender. So, yeah, I mean – the Browns may have offered a three-year deal. The Colts may have also offered a three-year deal, and it technically was more money. It just wasn't more guaranteed or than what the Cardinals offered. So, yeah, it was. I think it's reporters just trying to set an agenda, like always. But uh, the main reason why we sat down to do a pod today was David Njoku has been the hot topic all week as it pertains to the Browns. Um, we know he asked for a trade last summer. Uh, he said some things to Jim Rome during Super Bowl week talking about, you know, his role with the team and whether or not he would be back. 
And of course, you know, Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry met with the media this week and they both said that there's a plan and a role for David Njoku. And, uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski seems to be really high on him. And many can argue that Njoku was the best tight end in the Browns room last year. You know, he did take a lesser role, obviously, because they paid Austin Hooper a lot of money. They drafted Harrison Bryant in the fourth round. But when Njoku was on the field, he was impactful, especially the uh, playoff game against Kansas City. He improved as a blocker. So, Jack, you wrote an article laying out all the options that the Browns have right now. And because there was the rumors about Kyle Rudolph, Mary Kay Cabot reported that Kyle Rudolph has interest in joining the Browns. So quickly, everybody was like, well, that means we'll trade Njoku. So you wrote an article, laid out all the options that the Browns have as it pertains to Najoku, and you laid out some good ones, and you also mentioned some free agent possibilities. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about that article and talk about the options that are out there for the Browns and Najoku as well. Yeah, we've got five different options, but we'll touch on that second. I think the first thing is to basically look at the Browns, uh, how they use tight ends and other stuff like that, because naturally people are going to think, hey, it's a two tight end offense. They're going to have two tight ends out there like 80 plus percent of the time. And the answer is just no. Um, just looking at the sort of splits, um, we'll go through the breakdown like this first, but it, the other way will probably be best. But 0.4% um, of the time, they've got no tight ends. 50.6% of the time, they've got one tight end out there. 34.2% um, of the time, they've got two tight ends. 14.6 um, is three tight ends and 0.2% of the time is four tight ends. If we break that down into the numbers, they've got one or more tight ends out there 99.4% of the time. They've got two tight ends out there. It's just 49% of the time. So that is the second most in the NFL behind Tennessee, but it's still less than 50%. So one out of every two snaps, they've got two, two or more tight ends out there. And that's sort of a really important thing to note. So obviously that 99.4% of snaps where there's one tight end out there, it's obviously not the same tight end every snap. But in the theory of it, your tight end two is probably somewhere around 50% of snaps. And that naturally creates an issue that, well, what do you do with that second tight end? And three plus tight ends, 14.8% of the time, and that is the most in the NFL, uh, which was the Browns. But if we're looking at that and we're sort of thinking, hey, where's the sort of division on this? If you're looking at like tight end one, say 80% of the snaps, tight end two, about 50% of the snaps, and tight end three, about 25% of the snaps. Well, there's only really the money to pay one dude. Um, and especially when we start looking at the receiving stats and sort of looking at that group and sort of where they rank. So looking at sort of targets, receptions, yards, and TDs, Hooper was 16th in the NFL in targets, receptions, TDs, and then 22nd in yards. Um, Bryant then was the next tight end for the Browns. And we're only looking at regular season stats here. And Njoku, yes, had a bounce in the playoffs. But the thing you've got to remember when teams are looking free agency, and you might be thinking, well, why do the Browns care about what these guys get in free agency? That's exactly why Njoku wants out. Um, Njoku's out isn't, I don't want to be in Cleveland. It's, I want to earn a life-changing amount of money for myself, my family, generations to come. And while you might have a lot of tight ends in the Stefanski system, it's not a highly productive tight end system. It's not one where you're going to get your, your Waller, your... Kelsey, your Kittle numbers, it just doesn't get that style of production from what we've seen in the first two years. So Brian, um, 37th on targets, 40th on receptions, 44th on yards. Njoku, 44th on targets, and that's 44th out of all tight ends in the NFL. 48th in receptions, 46th in yards. So there's not much of the ball going around. And that sort of draws me to the point of, before we get into the different options, it's really key to understand they're not going to commit big money to two tight ends after this year. Whatever happens this year, fine. In a year's time, they're not going to extend Njoku and be like, yeah, we'll have Njoku and Tupa. Because that's sort of where the issue comes down of, of 
they've got to make a choice, whether it's now, whether it's next offseason. Um, because lots of people are like, well, the upside's massive for Nchoku. He's really young. Quite frankly, age doesn't matter. If in a year's time they're having to go, well, we're keeping Hooper or we're keeping Njoku, the fact that one's younger, you're not betting on the upside at that point. You've got to have seen it. Um, and that's sort of setting the table of it's going to come down to a choice either this off, well, not so much this offseason. They don't have to make a decision this offseason, but next offseason, it's a Hooper or Njoku game. And that's a very, very realistic discussion that they're going to have in the front office. And they might make decisions a year early on that. And we'll break down the five options. But that's just the really important point to understand when people are like, well, we'll just keep Njoku. You can't just keep everyone. And are you going to pay, say it's eight million a year in Joku just to pull that number out of the air? Purely, who knows? Are you going to pay eight million a year potentially to do that's going to play? The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. To my newborn baby boy, the day you arrived was one of the happiest days of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV from that guy on the internet and insured it with Progressive. <laughs> what a deal. Just know, son, I'll always be here for you. And by here, I mean in the middle of absolutely nowhere. In my RV. Protect your baby with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. About 50% of snaps. The answer is just no. It's just not realistic when you've got so many other positions you want to pay. It's like, would you pay Wyatt Teller or would you pay David Njoku? You're not paying a tight end two over your starting guard. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, and I like Njoku and, you know, the... Social media, like the arguments get started when people talk about, you know, trading Najoku or trading Odell or anything. And it's like, and I even brought this up to somebody that was like, why, why do we need to, why are we getting into these debates? And I'm like, these debates need to be had. Like they are just fair conversations to have at this point. We're not keeping everybody. And like, I feel like every. Everybody gets invested into these players, and I and I get it. Like I do too. Like I like Nick Chubb, I like Jarvis Landry, but I know that in a year's time, both of them could be off the team because, unfortunately, like when it comes down to if we're building a winning team, and Andrew Barry and Stefanski say, "Hey, we'll be fine if we get rid of such and such player." Well, yeah, I'm gonna hate that they got rid of such and such player, but at the end of the day, the Browns are a consistent playoff team and have a chance to win the Super Bowl every year then I'm going to trust the people making the decisions at the end of the day to make the decisions that they feel is best to help the Cleveland Browns. If they win, then they're great moves. If they lose, we'll berate them on this podcast. We'll berate them on social media and maybe they'll get fired just like everybody else that's come through the doors of Berea. I mean, it's, it's just is what it is at this point. And it's fair conversation to have, like we're going to debate like this stuff on, on the podcast because they are discussion points. Like they, people come in and listen and then they want to comment on it. They'll comment on it on social media and they'll hear us out and say, tell us we're wrong. But in a year's time, we might be right. Yeah. And it's a lot, a lots of people don't understand. These are exactly the same conversations that they are having in Berea. They will have put every single player probably on the roster and had a, a lengthy discussion on every single one. We're talking from Baker Mayfield down to Tevier Thomas. All of them will have they'll have had a decent discussion on. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we're talking like uh, potentially like several hours on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it might only be thirty minutes on Thomas, but everyone they're running a, a fine line through. Then they're having a deep discussion on like every, nearly all the guys in free agency. Then yeah, they'll get onto the draft after that almost, but. That they are going to be a very, very thorough organization. So we've got five options. We're going to start with the first one. So it's keeping Joku for 2021 and then let him hit free agency. 
So he's obviously on his final years. His fifth-year option is six million. Um, when the season starts, it's fully guaranteed. Um, yeah, he's only going to play roughly fifty percent of snaps. We reckon it's value. Don't get me wrong. Look, Stefanski scheme. Even though the production of tight ends isn't massive, the role of tight ends is big. Um, you've got to have quality depth because Hooper could go down in camp. Hooper could um, go down week one. You've got to have guys that... Have, it's all right them sitting there and throwing out the tagline, next man up. But quite frankly, if you had a, a younger call there behind sort of a Hooper and Hooper goes down, then you can't just expect like Harrison Bryant to step up the next day and be your tight end one for the entire season and have a tight end two that's coming in who might be Stefan Carlson and then playing 50% of snaps. It'd be crazy. Um, so the gist is, hey, you let him hit free agency. They probably play free agency right next year. Depending on what he gets, you're talking about a fifth or a sixth. And lots of people are getting excited on the higher end. And I think the issue is if Injoku is almost only playing that sort of 40 to 50% of snaps, you're probably only getting a sixth because he isn't getting the chance to show off his skills, pack up like all those massive high stats. The team's probably not going to need to invest that much money in free agency to get him. So while lots of fans can see the, the boom and the really exciting part of Njoku, he caught 19 passes during the regular season last year. 19. That's not a guy that you're going to pay 8 million to in free agency. So yeah, that is option one. Um, and obviously you don't have to make that decision on free agency until next off season. And we'll get onto that in option two. Yeah, I think, you know, option one seems to be one of the most plausible out of the five you laid out. Um, yeah, somebody talking or somebody got into a debate with me yesterday talking about well what if we just let Najoku play the season out and then you know we'll get a comp pick and I think people don't understand the compensation pick like the way it works and that's fine because I don't either but if people think like we're gonna get like a third or fourth for Najoku like right now I don't think that's very logical I think a fifth or sixth at the highest but yeah I just I don't see us getting a high one um let's go ahead and go to option two yeah, um, so just oh, I'll oh, touch good. on comp picks quickly. So if Njoku went and signed like a 20 million deal next offseason, yeah, you might get a third. That That's what it's going to take. And the basically how comp picks work is for every player you lose, you get so many points effectively for like, oh, he's played this many snaps across the next season. He signed this deal. Um, and then for everyone you then sign in free agency, it balances out. So if you, you might let a... If Baker Mayfield, say, walked at the end of his deal and signed the biggest deal in free agency anyone's ever signed, massive. If you then at the same time, say, Deshaun Watson hit free agency and you signed Deshaun Watson to the, the second biggest deal ever seen in free agency, they're just going to balance out and you won't get a comp pick. And that that's sort of how it works. It's a crossing off exercise. And Nick Coat or just Google over the cap um, comp picks, loads of awesome information there. But Browns won't be qualifying for anyone this offseason because no one's really hitting free agency of note next offseason who knows but it's certainly going to be something they're really going to engage in this front office but option two is basically the other side of option one keep it choking for 2021 extend him and then cut or trade hooper next offseason so you're going to wait right until the end of this next season then you're going to go actually in joku's outplayed hooper he's the one that we want to keep so to do that, we're going to extend Njoku and then we're going to turn to Hooper and go, look, you're, you're out. Um, I'm guessing if you go that route, it's probably a case of Hooper hasn't played amazing. So it's probably a cut rather than a trade. The trade would only be nine and a half million for 2022, 2023 for the new team. Um, so it's not a, a horrible deal. Where Hooper's deal is backloaded, though, people will look at it and say, hey, oh, that's 11.25 million of dead cap. Why, we wouldn't want to do that. It's just purely how the deal's structured. There's not any guaranteed money left there. That's all money he's been paid that cash in his first two seasons. And how they did the deal, it was effectively a 23 million over two deal with two option years at nine and a half million on the back end. But that, rather than give him that 23 million on the cap over the first two years, 
they got that all the way down to 11.75. So it's it's basically a salary for the first two years. They've just heavily backloaded it. So yeah, it would look like a high dead cap charge, but quite frankly, they've got enough wiggle room that they can make it work. So um, it's certainly a plausible route. Um, and it's one where, hey, option one, option two, this is, we're making the option this year of like, hey, let's keep him. And then next off season, you decide, hey, let him hit free agency or actually let, let's uh, bring him back and move on from Hooper. Yeah, this one is the other one that makes the most sense. Uh, looking at the options for Najoku, like if he goes out, has a great year, um, just shows that he's worth the money that he could get on the open market. And let's just say Hooper doesn't perform very well. I, I think Barry and company would just have no problems, you know, wiping their hands, saying the Hooper deal was a mistake, trying to trade him and saying, Najoku, you're our guy. We want to invest in you. We want you to stay at Cleveland Brown. I can definitely see this option happening as well. Uh, let's go to option three. Um, this is one where we potentially, where you say we trade Najoku, and then we go out and sign a veteran. Now, I did mention Kyle Rudolph, but you also laid out some other potential veterans that could be out there on the open market to accompany uh, Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant and Steven Carlson in the tight end room. Yeah, so the the key part of this, and lots of people miss it, it's not get rid of Njoku and upgrade with Carl Rudolph. That's not the debate we're getting into. What you're looking at is a two-for-one deal almost here. You're going, let's trade David Njoku. And the, the two names I use in the piece, and what I'm looking at with these trades is we're not going to keep... So the mentality will be, hey, we're not going to keep David Njoku next season because we're committed to Hooper. So let's look out there for another team in the NFL that's got a dude that they're not going to commit to long term. So two guys that I've pulled out that they're realistic here is um, Michael Gallup. They've got Cooper that they're paying, so he's probably not staying there long term. He actually dropped in snaps last year, which was shocking um, because he, he's a really talented dude. Um, and then you've got Gilmore uh, for New England, the final year of his deal. They upped him last year just to keep him happy, but... Yeah, he's not hanging around there. So they're two guys that they could go to and say, yeah, they might need to put a little bit of picks and stuff in there to make it work. But both have got tight end need. Um, New England had the lowest amount of snaps of any tight end in the NFL. It was crazy. I think it was 13 catches or something across tight ends for their entire season. Um, they could pick up the phone and go, hey, we're going to send you in Joku. You give us a player, we'll throw in the pick or we'll do a pick swap of something. Um, and that's when you then go, right, let's go and sign someone else. Because if they look at their numbers and go, we reckon it's going to be a sixth round comp pick. If you can get something that you think is worth a fourth round pick or a third round pick of value in this trade because you're getting Michael Gallup. Say you're giving up a, a fifth of my, uh, David Njoku for Michael Gallup. Just a Predicting trades is the hardest thing you can ever do in the NFL. But if that was the offer, you're thinking, if I phone them up and offer them a fifth and a sixth, are they going to give that for Gallup? No. If I offer a fifth and Joker, will they do it? Yeah, they want to do that. Let's do it. Because what you're getting for that, and then you can add in a free agent that more or less fills out in Joker's role anyway. And the reason why I've thought, hey, you want a one, two-year veteran it's because you've got Harrison Bryant that you'd like as well. So you might not want to turn around to Harrison Bryant yet and go, right, you're number two. We're really happy with you. So the guys I looked at after Carl Rudolph that you mentioned before is Jared Cook from the Saints, Anthony Ferkser from the Titans, and Trey Burton from the Colts. So they're all players that have performed solidly. Um, Jared Cook's obviously the biggest name there. Um, the other two guys are just, yeah, they're solid. Um, Cole Rudolph makes a lot of sense, um, but it's tough to know where his market will be because um, he's literally just arrived into free agency. Yeah, I mean, I put out the poll a couple of days ago on the on our uh, Twitter account, and I put, would you guys, hypothetically, would you trade Najoku and a pick if it meant getting a defensive playmaker? I didn't even mention Michael Gallup because I didn't wasn't thinking offense. I was thinking more of defense. And 86% of the, uh, the people who voted voted yes. So I feel like people like Najoku, but if we could take him 
and flip him for a playmaker like a Gilmore. I mentioned Lattimore just hypothetically, but I know the Saints have cap issues. They probably won't be taking on a $6 million guy like an Njoku, even though they need tight ends now because they just got rid of some. Um, but it's a hypothetical. If we could do that, like you said, if Njoku's only going to net us a five and a six, if we take Njoku and a five or Njoku and a four, and we're able to get somebody like a Gallup or a Gilmore, I think you do that all day, every day. Yeah, and it's just sort of throw the ridiculous hypothetical out there that if you were sat there in a case and someone phoned you up and say, oh, hey, I want to give you two firsts for Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson's currently a free agent in the NFL, you go, yeah, I, I, I'll give you Baker Mayfield for two firsts. I'm going to sign Deshaun Watson instead. And yeah, you'd probably be the other way around and you'd be slightly devaluating at quarterback. But it's that sort of debate that you're going, hey, we're going to trade a dude and then we're going to bring in someone basically just as good as him, and that's all fine. And and that's sort of what you're looking at, of like, hey, Rudolph might leave you in a year's time, but you've gone and got the production of Njoku for a year, and you've basically traded for something that is valuable and you can extend. And it might be, hey, you bring in Gilmore and you don't extend him, but at least there's a route to Stefan Gilmore getting extended. There's a route to Michael Gallup getting extended. Unless you're cutting Hooper... There's not re- sensibly a route to uh, Njoku getting extended. So it's just an important thing to keep an eye on because the last thing you want is, hey, both of them play really well. And then you're sat there in a year's time and, yeah, you, you're getting rid of Njoku and you're just, just getting a comp pick. Whereas, hey, I'd, I'd rather have Michael Gallup. So option four that you wrote about was trading Njoku still. But this is one where it's bold. It's definitely unlikely, but you say go out and sign one of the big name tight ends. Now, before you explain, just there's two big free agents out there at the tight end position. There's Hunter Henry from the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, and then there's Johnu Smith from the Tennessee Titans. Like, I don't know if this would happen, but it would certainly be bold, and it would cause some headlines because the Browns would be shelling out big money towards a tight end for two off seasons in a row, which I don't think any NFL team has ever done. Yeah, so this one could be really, really interesting if they did do it. Um, I would much prefer Jono Smith. I think Jono Smith is an absolute stud. Um, so the idea would be, hey, let's go and get a big name tight end. We'll trade in Joku and we'll sign Jono Smith. And then what we're going to do is we like Hooper, but Hooper's not awesome. So we'll cut Hooper in a year's time because you're not going to keep two of these guys. But if you're like, we like Hooper, but Hooper's not the game changer that we hoped he'd be let's go and get John O. Smith because we think this guy's the guy. You're going to have one year where, yeah, you've got John O. Smith and Austin Hooper. So the production should be incredible. Um, You've got two tight ends and you probably end up increasing that tight end uh, to usage from the 49% nearer the maybe 66%. Um, Who knows where that would go. Um, But, yeah, if, if you're looking to upgrade, be aggressive because if you really like Jonu Smith, and I mean really, really like Jonu Smith, you're unsure on Hooper. We could be sat here in a year's time playing devil's advocate where they go, they don't like Hooper. They don't really impress with Njoku or Njoku gets some more injuries this year. And we actually just move on from both. So this could be the almost the opposite end of that and going, hey, let's let's. Go bold, uh, be aggressive, as Andrew Berry likes to say. Let's get John o. Smith on twelve million a year, and we'll trade in Joku this year, and we'll just cut Hooper next year. Because even though they're in a position, they are in a really, really strong position, having Hooper, um, in Joku and Bryant. We could be here in a year's time, and Bryant's the only one on the roster. So if you if you fall in love with a star, and you can get John o. Smith, and you really like John o. Smith, be bold. Why not? It's outside the box. It's certainly the least likely of the five, but I, I felt it was worth including. As we've seen over the last few years, this front office is not afraid to be bold and out of the box. Uh, option five, this is our last one. Uh, it would be trading to Joku this year because they love Harrison Bryant. Now Harrison Bryant shown some flashes last year. Um, he's de- definitely has to get more consistent um, catching the ball as well as controlling the ball he did have some fumbles as well but you can see the potential there i think he had three or four touchdowns as a rookie which was phenomenal um they could look and say hey Najoku, we like you 
um, but we're not going to give you the money we want. And we love the upside, the upside of Harrison Bryant um, to pair up with Austin Hooper. And then you even mentioned Jack in this scenario, you'd go out and sign a veteran and, and it's an interesting veteran as well. Yeah. So um, there's sort of two different directions you can take with this. You could bring in the veteran and bring in that sort of guy at tight end three. Um, so the name that really stood out for me, he finished as PFF's number two tight end last year. You think, what? That guy's not going to be a free agent you could bring as your third tight end. Could be. So he played 274 snaps. Um, the two years before that, he's played a total of 53. Um, and that is Richard Rogers from the Eagles. He, he was just really, really good. And yeah, obviously, it's a risk to bring in someone like that. It's not like your Carl Rudolph where you're like, hey, we know what Carl Rudolph can do. We've seen it. Um, but I think that's an interesting one. Or it could be the direction of they wait during the draft or after the draft and they'd like someone on day three. They could like someone as high as sort of the third round third round, and they're like, this is a tie-in that we really, really like. Um, we want him. And they could just go, hey, we're happy to move on from Njoku. We've got Bryant stepping up. Bryant got more receptions, more targets, more yards than Njoku last year during the regular season. So it wasn't like he was a tight end three deep on the roster. Um, I, I think that certainly could be the case. And to be fair, no one expected anything out of Harrison Bryant last year, quite rightly, because tight, end, um, tight ends as rookies don't tend to do too much, especially on good teams. Um, so, no, uh, this is sort of, I don't think completely unrealistic. They, they could like Bryant and they could be happy to take that risk. But yeah, it would intrigue me. If if I could get um, Njoku in the Gallup trade, then the person I would most go after, for me personally, I, I'm willing to risk it on Richard Rogers, And then I wouldn't mind even drafting someone as well because then I love Carlson, but if they fall in love with someone on day three, a tight end position, Richard Rogers, day three pick, Harrison Brian and uh, Hooper, give me that room and let, let's roll. It wouldn't be a terrible option, to say the least, if they went that route. Um, yeah, Rodgers is, uh, he's a good tight end, too. Obviously, you can't, I don't think you can count on him to be a tight end one, but he can definitely play a complimentary role. Um, you know, Jack, as you look at all the options, which one do you think is the most logical and which one would you do personally if you were Andrew Barry? So I think option one's where they'll go. Uh, they'll keep Njoku for the season and then let him hit free agency. I am a, I'm a Johnny Smith lover. So part of me says, hey, let, let's go bold and bring in Johnny Smith. Um, tra trade for Michael Gallup, bring in Johnny Smith, and let, let, let the baby roll because that is going to be fun. And Michael Gallup is a player I would happily extend long term. Um, in Cleveland as one of my two wide receivers. Yeah, you? I mean, um, I would go, I would say probably option one, but option two, you definitely keep in mind just because I like Najoku. Um, I've definitely gone to bat with him several times, even though last summer I was really ticked off when he asked for a trade, but I get who his agent is. I know he's trying to make his money. I can't fault players trying to make their money, but uh, definitely option one, I would keep Najoku back, but obviously keep option two open and much with you if they can pull off a trade to bring in say a michael gallup or on the defensive side of stefan gilmore or some other kind of player that would bolster that defense uh you definitely keep that in mind as well um definitely go check out jack's uh article here as we look at you look at all the options as in-depth it's very thorough as jack always does with his work over at the dogland.com uh jack you want to go ahead and plug everything else you've done recently over at the Dogland uh, and any potential upcoming pieces you have as well before we get on out of here. So I don't have anything at the edge of my fingertips that I'm writing at the moment. Um, I've got a couple of things bubbling away in the brain, but not entirely sure. But um, as always, guys, you can check me out with the Paul Brown podcast. We podcast 15 minutes, seven days a week. So a perfect little episode where there is on the commute to work. It's 15 minute break. Um, during the day um, you can just slot it in anywhere so uh, yeah check us out there um, it's on my twitter it's on all podcast networks so uh, no that's there and all the writings at the uh, the dog land so check them 
check them out because there's so much there, especially with all the crazy cap stuff you're going to hear of like, what's a backloaded deal? What's void years? Why have we converted base salary into signing bonus? All of them pieces are there. Um, so whenever it is in the off season, crazy deals start happening for the Browns. Jump on the dog land and you'll the article straight and be there. And one, one thing I will say to you guys, it's going to happen across free agency. It takes two to three days for the actual deals or the terms of the deal to come out so when you're like oh jack what's this deal mean what's this deal mean and when i'm like hey we just need to wait we don't know because you'll get the headline numbers we've got the headline numbers for jj watts deal they're nothing like what's actually really happened is 4.6 million in his first year um whereas when the numbers break they they give you all sorts of different stuff yeah i mean the last couple of days I've had people argue with me saying the Browns have 30 million or they have 50 million in cap space. I go and I copy and paste your articles, the links. And I say, here, study up on your cap knowledge. I'm not trying to be a, a dick, but this is the actual numbers. Jack does his homework or go to overthecap.com. No offense to the other side said, you know, talk about cap space and salaries and all that over the cap is the most accurate and up to date when it comes to NFL salary cap and all the roster moves. As soon as they get them in, they go ahead and update all the cap tables. It's solid work. That's where Jack gets most sources, most of his uh, stuff in his articles when it comes to salaries. That's the go to site. But uh, yeah, Jack has pumped out some great work over the last couple months in terms of off season roster, deep dive, uh, proposed contract extensions and then his articles about how the cap works, how you can manipulate the cap. It's all there. It's all over at the dogland.com. Definitely check it out. Uh, and also follow us on Twitter at the dogland. Check us out on Facebook at the dogland. All our work is posted there as well. You can follow me personally at Jack McCurry zero eight. And as we get on out of here until next time, as always go Browns. Go Browns. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.